talk about something that happened in the United States. It, it just seems it's everywhere this morning. Lots of discussion about how this impacts the presidential race. But we want to know, does the Colorado Supreme Court's decision mean anything to Donald Trump? Reggie Giacchini is with us now, our Washington correspondent for Global News. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. So has the former president said anything about this decision? Well, uh, he hasn't said anything vocally. He has used his fingers to do the complaining about this, uh, calling this an undemocratic uh, uh, decision, you know, arguing that this is how dictatorships start, even though this is a former president who said that he could be a dictator for just one day only on his first day. But he did not opt to talk about this in person uh, last night when he was at a rally in Iowa just a month out from the caucuses either because he was trying to digest it still or was seething, you know, whatever his case may be, he took to social media and that is where he has been fired up. Okay, and what has he had to say? Well, again, he called this uh, undemocratic. He says that this is, you know, the, the, the continuation of the witch hunt. He doesn't agree with anything um, that, that happened in Colorado. And he's pointing to the other court cases that happened around the country that went in the opposite direction and decided not to move on this kind of 14th Amendment um, fight. You know, the, the big question here, Simi, is... Is this really going to make any kind of difference, whether the Supreme Court weighs in or not? Because this is a former president who, whenever something, um, you know, legally perilous comes up behind him, tends to benefit from a bit of a polling push. Okay, so does this impact the race result? We should remind people what actually happened here. What did the Colorado Supreme Court say? So this was brought by uh, a group uh, in Colorado who tried to use uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which was put in place after the Civil War to say anybody who participated in um, an insurrection cannot hold uh, you know, a- an office uh, and take an oath of office in the United States. A lower court said that you know, Trump fell short of that because he's not been convicted of, um, you know, inciting an insurrection. That court case is still moving through. But the the, the upper court overturned that and said, no, in, in fact, we do think that Donald Trump did take part in this insurrection because they're using the vagueness in the wording of the Constitution. It's really kind of, you know, it, it's, it's political and constitutional, you know, mumbo jumbo down here. But ultimately, the, the court is saying, look, it says that If you do this with an insurrection, you can't take an office. And arguably, the president is the highest office in the country because he's commander in chief, which also makes it a military position as well. So the question is, will Supreme Court overturn what the high court in Colorado did or are they going to keep it in place? Either way, there are big consequences here for Trump and for the GOP. Okay, so are they saying the Republican primary or are they saying the actual presidential ballot? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a big question because uh, there is a deadline in Colorado, January 6th, January 5th, uh, to get names on the uh, ballot for the primary. If Supreme Court takes this uh, and sits on it and they don't have a decision, that would keep Trump on uh, the ballot. If they take it and overturn it, it would keep Trump on the ballot. Ultimately, there's a risk here that Trump remains on the ballot. But by the time the general election comes around, whatever the Supreme Court decision is, that could keep Trump off of the ballot in Colorado. I think the more short term thing to look at here is, um, you know, now that Colorado has done this in a state that Trump likely wasn't going to win anyways, do more competitive states start to do this and and add the, you know, kind of um, legal pile to what could be a, you know, very busy and Supreme Court uh, term right. where they don't want to be dealing with political things like this. Was there a sense that other states perhaps were waiting to see what happened here? 
There, I mean, it is possible. This has already failed in a number of states already, including uh, Michigan, uh, a state that Trump, you know, desperately needs to win uh, because it is, uh, you know, a, a bit of a swing state here. It's heavily blue right now, but there's a risk that it could flip back to being uh, slightly on, on the Republican side. But if you had a state like Georgia, if you had a state like Pennsylvania, uh, states that Joe Biden won by kind of squeaking out a, a win, if they were to start to put this, uh, you know, through the, the kind of legal and, and political, you know, uh, uh, machine, you know, what does that what, what happens here? Ultimately, this is going to just fire up the base under Donald Trump, and he's going to try to use this to claim that he is the victim. And he's already winning in the fact that other people that he's running against, like Nikki Haley and Chris Christie, are saying courts shouldn't be able to decide this. It should be up to the people that decide this. So now the people that are trying to beat Trump right. are again having to back Trump. Yeah, that is so weird. This race, Reggie, it just keeps doing this. You mentioned Nikki Haley there. How is she doing in terms of gaining support? Is she holding steady? So she's holding steady nationally. She's building and gaining support, um, you know, on a more local level, particularly in a place like New Hampshire, where she ended up getting the, um, you know, the tilt from the uh, from from Governor Chris Sununu, um, you know, and that's a big deal because New Hampshire is first in the country when it comes to primaries. You know, that's just a couple of weeks away at the at the middle towards end of January. And if she's able to kind of, you know edge out Donald Trump in the first primary, it gives her a bit of a boost, possibly on the national scale. Now, what happens in New Hampshire doesn't always, you know, register to what's going to happen on the general ticket. Um, But she is she is she's kind of she's taking this position of, look, Trump shouldn't be in office. We shouldn't be having politicians of yesterday leading the country towards tomorrow. while at the same time, keeping Trumpism alive in some of the policies that she's trying to push. Okay. And so what what about Ron DeSantis and all this? You haven't mentioned his name much. He see at one time it was like he was going to be the next president. I, I mean, look, he still polls higher than than Nikki Haley on on most of the national polls, but still way behind Donald Trump. And ultimately here, all of the other candidates that are in this race, whether it's Christie or DeSantis or Nikki Haley, they have an almost insurma- impossible um, uh, amount to kind of climb here because Donald Trump is so far ahead in all of the national polling, even with all of the kind of, um, you know, unknowns linked to the legal troubles that Trump is facing. Look, DeSantis is the most, quote unquote, Trumpy of all of the candidates that are running right now. It works in Florida. It's not registering as much across the rest of the country. So, again, it opens that question. If it's not going to be Trump, who's it going to be? Someone who is like Trump or someone who just brings Trumpism with them with their own political uh, uh, agenda? So you've turned Trumpy into a word now? Is that well, it? <laughs> I mean, look, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of years. He, he it is, has been. This party embraces Trump. This, this country for a while embraced Donald Trump. So it was Trumpism. And the people who embraced the Trumpism found themselves to be a bit Trumpy. OK, I'll go with that. I like it. We'll use it. Reggie, thank you. Thank you.